CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. What's up, nerds? This is Just a Couple Arslings, the Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Tumor. And I am Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci-Fi Wire's fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in its third season. So we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcastlandia. Jessica, how are you doing on this fine Friday? Oh, my gosh. It's been a week, Alyssa. And (laughs) I don't really want to talk about it too much except to say I had to go to the dentist and I had to also figure out my lease to where I'm living. So um, that's where I'm at. That's way too much for one week. Like, dentistry and figuring out housing, that's unacceptable. A hundred percent. It's, like, too much stress, and I'm not built for that. Mm. So I want to focus on you because someone turned the dirty 30 this weekend. Oh, God, yes. Yes. (laughs) I have left my 20s behind, and while they were okay, I'm— I'm both terrified of being 30, but looking forward to my 30s. Like, everybody's telling me now, I'm like, oh, they're all like, oh, yeah, your 30s are way better than your 20s. I'm like, that's not what everybody told me when I was in my 20s. So somebody's lying. (laughs) I think the 20-year-olds just don't know. Like, I think they're just, you know what I mean? It's like this fear of the unknown. But the 30-year-olds are, like, across the bridge, and they're like, yeah, the grass is totally greener because we don't have so much shit to worry about. Right. I think that's fair. I you Also, know, yeah. did you see that tweet? Okay, so uh, someone tweeted, like, this year or this month or something, Marks, like, if you were 13 when you saw 13 going on 30. I did see that. It, you are now 30, 30 years old. Yeah, yeah. Mind blown. I, I know. That's crazy. I was 13 when I went and saw that movie in the movie theater with all my, you know, cool tween friends. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. And I did, in fact, watch that movie quite recently because (sighs) if Jenna Rank can make it to 30, so can I. What a full circle moment. (laughs) It's true. Let's get into the latest exploits of Uhtred and Brita because they are in a real rough spot in episode two of season one. Say it. Say what? What you're thinking. I'm thinking that you have a turd where there's supposed to be a mind. <laughs> Thank you. Like, on paper, it sounds, like, really nice. Like, because, uh, so Uhtred and Breeder are, like, they're basically, like, medieval Bonnie and Clyde right now. Like, they're kind Ooh, of on I, horseback. I would watch that 100%. A medieval Bonnie and Clyde? 100%. Yes. Great oh, dynamic. Yeah. But they're, like, they're outrunning evil uncles, and they're having sexy times in open-air motels. Um, <laughs> it's it's really dirty. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of a time, uh, like, when I was in college, and uh, there was this 20-something, like, stoner dude um, who almost convinced me that I was meant to, like, drop out of school and, like, be a vagabond in Venice Beach. Oh, God. Yeah, to, like, it was to, like, I mean, this is a quote, to nurture, like, our creative spirits. Uh. So that's that's where I was uh, at one point in my life, and thank God I had friends, and I feel like Brita really needs some friends right now. (laughs) 
That's fair. That's fair. There was, I was never almost convinced by a drifter, but um, <laughs> there was. And you've never lived, Alyssa. I guess not. I made it to 30, and no drifters have tried to, you know, pull me into a creative path. So, what am I even doing with my life? But there was this. So, one of the um, dorm buildings when I was in school, there was a place called Third Lobby, and it was the third floor lobby, very creative. And oh literally, gosh. like, do not go in there after like 10 o'clock because you will see somebody at least partially naked. It was just. Wow. Yeah. It was just one of those places that like you just you didn't go unless Ugh. you were like trying to start something. So I love a liberal arts college, though. Right. That's the that's the experience you get. You can't get it anywhere else. It's true. You know, everybody's business and you know the places that you just don't go. <laughs> yeah. Or the places you do go during exams week when you need a bit of Adderall and you can't get it prescribed by your doctor. <laughs> So take that. That's my advice to kids starting college this week. Mm. Um, get your Adderall find, script early. Get your Adderall. Yeah. Either get your Adderall script early or find the person selling it in the back of the library. <laughs> um, but no, I think <laughs> talking about, uh, you know, Brita and Uhtred, like they're, it, it's it's should be like really romantic. But I just had such a problem with it this episode because I... I 100% did. Like, when I looked at doing our thirstiest moments, I was like, almost everything in this episode was, like, the opposite of that, even when it was supposed to be, quote-unquote, sexy. So... Oh, 100%. It's awful. It's just awful. <laughs> like, if you're gonna... If your idea of romance is to say it's our destiny to hump tonight, I Ugh. just... Romance there's is nothing, dead. Yeah, there's it's nothing dead. that turns me on less, you right. know? Yeah, 100%. Dry me up, Ugh, close me up forever. Dry me up. It's it's <laughs> gross. So, you know, the whole time I'm just thinking, like, Brita, like, girl, you have hitched your wagon to this fuckboy who's probably going to die soon. I mean, he's so, he has no plan. And the only thing he can think of in the moments where they're just kind of, like, trying to find their way is, like, we should Let's hump. go to pound town. Yeah. yeah let's it's not good. <laughs> take that train to pound town. <laughs> Get Let's off the take train, a visit Rita. to the boneyard. <laughs> but yeah, it's, you know, I think this episode does a really good job of like showing how different, like even though they were both raised in Ragnar's home, like Brita and Uhtred have very different sort of goals going forward now. Like Brita is still like very much a Dane, very much like we need to wait for Ragnar. He'll know what to do, which he would. Uhtred is like, all right, you know, the Danes turned on me. They don't want me anymore. So I might as well go and try and get Bebenberg and like get in with the Saxons. But I think Brita is a lot more practical about the whole situation. Like, you know, we've seen all three seasons, so we know what happens. And spoiler alert, Uhtred has not made it back to Bebenberg and like <laughs> taken it back yet. So when he's like, yeah, it's going to be super easy. I'm like... Oh, you sweet you summer idiot. child. What yes. are you doing? Don't hold your breath for that Bebenberg dream. No, no. Uncle Alfric is a real shithead, and he is not going to just, like, give it up because you have the right to it. I know Uhtred is not, like, the smartest, you know, of the bunch. But sure. his decision to go back was just so weird to me because, I mean, we already know that, you know— dear old uncle is going to be less than welcoming to him. We had that slave trade when he was a kid. Does he not remember Bioka warning him about why he shouldn't return and why he should stay with the Danes? And 
it's just weird that he thought he could just go back with no numbers, no support, nothing, nothing just him and holding challenge the head. his uncle. Yeah, exactly. It's weird. It was a weird decision. It really kind of cemented this fact that he is he's just lost and he doesn't know what to do. And I just feel terrible for Rita because she's having to like go along with it because she's also like lost everything. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna stick with this guy that you've known your whole life. Uh, she wises up, you know, thankfully we know that. But I think this episode, it was really hard for me to see Brita, who is just so smart and so capable, having to just kind of ride along as he decides what he wants to do. Right. And I think it's, I think it's, I mean, like, definitely you're correct in that he doesn't really have a plan. But I think at the same time, he's also, I mean, Utra is what, like 18, 19, 20 sure. right now. Like, Utra is just like a big swinging dick right now. He <laughs> thinks that the world is his for the taking and people should just like, Give him what he wants. And I, you know, I mean, it's kind of ironic saying this considering he started out his time with Ragnar as a slave. But I feel like things have been pretty good for Uhtred up until now. And so I think he's kind of running into a wall in that sometimes things aren't just going to be handed to him. Yeah, I mean, he definitely is in it for himself. And I think he's discovering that uh, no one else gives a shit. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't care if you want to go back to Vebenberg. I don't care if you want to still be a Dane. <laughs> I mean, you're not gonna, you can't have the best of both. You know what I mean? You're not going to eat your cake. Now that he's wasted his time trying to go home, when he goes to Abba, Abba's got this different, you know, story that he believes because it came to him first. And I think that also kind of really reminded me of how lucky we are to have texting and email and all these things that we have now. Sure. So, you know, if if a loved one ever dies and someone suspects I did it, I can just text them and say, I didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. It's probably this person. <laughs> right. Right. It's it's a lot for Uhtred and Brita to handle right now. Like they've, you know, not only did they see their family murdered before their eyes, but they're facing the blame for it. Like Uhtred, obviously, more than Brita because, oh, Brita's a woman. What can she mm-hmm. do? Ugh. Like women can be murderers, too. OK, it's not just um, dudes. <laughs> have you seen Brita throw that axe? Right. She did it multiple times this episode. She broke that and, man's uh, back like it was nothing. With an axe. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Amazing. Oh, my God. I, You know, I think of like, do you have like axe bars? Where you, where you yes, live, you know, the, I, axe, the throwing axe I have not been to one because, honestly, okay. they make me a little bit nervous because oh, I'm, yeah. I'm the person who, like, accidentally throws back the bowling ball when they're trying to bowl. And I feel like that yes. would be even worse with an axe. Oh, that has so happened to me. Have you seen the videos of, like, when they're throwing it and they they obviously don't hit the bullseye, but they hit, like— a part like way below the target and it bounces back yes, and you have yes. to catch it midair. It's mm-hmm. like, I can't how do that. the fuck is this legal? I mean, there's <laughs> no way I would have the reflexes to catch this hurling weapon right. midair. It's always crazy to me because those are always accompanied with like, there's like a bar inside the axe throwing place, at least the one oh, by yeah. me. You so get like, drunk first. Right. That's insane. I'll just leave that up to Jason Momoa because I can't handle it. Yeah, a Jason Momoa can drink his Guinness and throw his axes, and I'll just stare on the sideline. Exactly. <laughs> uh, it's not for me. But obviously, Brita's been going to some axe bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brita's who you want on your team when you go to your local <laughs> axe bar, I guess. Um, obviously, Utrid is seen as the main threat because he is a man. Um, right. But Brita's the brains. She is Brita the brains is behind the, the brains. operation. 
Oh, I love Rita so Me much. Me too. She's the best. Here's another thing. Uhtred thinks that Abba is going to remember him as a boy. Right. Like when he was captured as a slave. That was years ago, dude. Abba seems like the kind of man that spends most of his time getting drunk off his ass or high or however they let loose in medieval times. I don't so want to know. I can't believe that his memory is so sharp that he's going to remember this little slave boy. Right. You know, it was just... he. Uhtred was a blip on Abba's radar, but Uhtred thinks that he's going to just know who he is, totally believe his story. I mean, the confidence of a young white man is just— Oh, my God. It's unreal. Bottle that shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Or don't, because you might die if you have too much of it. (laughs) Well, and to Uhtred's credit— Abba does remember him, but it's not in a way where he's like... <laughs> a great way. <laughs> but it's not in a way where he's like, oh, yeah, I know this kid. I need to, like, take him under my wing. It's like, yeah, I kind of remember you, you little shithead slave. I bet you definitely killed Ragnar. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's exactly how he comes at him. Right. And, you know, that whole scene with um, Abba and Guthrum and the Saxon king is so... Like, it's so weird. Like, it's such, it's almost kind of comical the way that it, the whole thing goes down. Like, Abba's there, like, questioning this guy's religion and devotion. And, like, Guthrum's just kind of sitting on the sidelines, like, cracking jokes the whole time. And I'm kind of like, I mean, you guys are about to kill him. And they're just so cavalier about everything. And it's just, it shows how, how different life was for them and what the stakes were than they were for us because, Yikes. I personally love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I'm, like, I, here for it. But, whoa. Abba is, like, such an interesting character to me. And, yeah, the way he kind of—obviously, he is the main guy. You know, there's there's Danish lords, but he is the, the one that you don't fuck with. Right. And to see how he interacts with other people— you know, other Danes is is just so kind of enlightening of of how the Danes were with each other and and what their philosophies were and what they thought was important. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I think Abba likes to play stupid. You know, with that interaction with the king, he was like, "Oh, what does that mean?" So you wash us, like you know, like he right. likes to play stupid, but he's smart sure. and he knew what he was doing with that guy from the beginning. Um, and he's just, he's a bit sadistic. So he More can, than a bit. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Hate on Abba, you know how much I love him. <laughs> no, it, it's very, it's some dark comedy that happens this episode, which I really like because this is obviously not that kind of show. It's, it's more dramatic and, uh, you know, it doesn't lean into that too much. But when it does with characters like Abba, it really gets it right. So I liked that part especially. But I think... It was a bad omen for Uhtred because he was about to get shot up with arrows, too. Right. I feel like Uhtred just, he really doesn't know how to read a room. You know, like... (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Like... The social cues are not there for him. He's just, like you said, the confidence of a young white man. It's just, it's unreal. And I, I really enjoy... Not that I enjoy seeing him fail, but I enjoy seeing him come up against like an opposing force, whether it's Abba or Alfred or whoever, and having him go back, like kind of be taken aback and be like, oh, this did not work out how I planned it. And so I like I like seeing him take down a peg. Like ultimately, I'm rooting for him, but Uhtred needs to learn a little bit. Yeah, of course. He's a young man. Um, I think we forget that because 
Alexander Draymond is just such is like a such a man. <laughs> God, such a man. <laughs> um, what I really enjoyed seeing, especially this episode, was Brita knew that that's how it was going to go down. I mean, mm-hmm. and she was she was the same age as Udrid when all this other stuff happened, and he was sold as a slave. Like, and she knows how it's right. going to go down. She does, and so she comes up with this plan. You know, we need to take someone important to him, so we have some leverage. So you're protected because I know that this is all going to go to shit. And so they take Story, who is of a sorcerer, and I don't know. Maybe there's some kind of romantic relationship there. I don't know. It's like you know they've taken his wife almost. There's a bond. Um, there's a bond. <laughs> there's a definite bond. Brita takes Story, and and Utra tries to go plead his case, and does not work out, and um. Thankfully, he's got that insurance, and then we see what Brita's been doing with Story Amazing. while Uhtred's been parlaying. Um, and, yeah, it just really, like, it did something for my soul today when I watched that episode and was, like, just saw her stick a branch up this guy's ass. It's like, I want to do that. Amazing. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Like, I looked up on IMDb, I looked up um, this episode just to, like, make sure I had a couple names right. And I looked at the, like, official, like, recap of this episode. And <gasps> all it is is Uhtred and Brita are on the run. Uhtred yes. attempts to clear his name for a wedding from a wedding massacre. And Brita finds an inventive use for his twig. And that yes! was the official <laughs> synopsis of everything that happened in this episode. The That's most such an elegant way of putting it. <laughs> right? An inventive use for a twig. Amazing. Oh, my God. It's just <laughs> the attitude, the mood that Brita was kind of giving off this episode. I just was, oh, I just loved it. It was um, something I want to carry into the rest of my week, I think. Yes, week, year, finish out 2019 strong, bring it into 2020. Big Brita energy. That is what we Big need to be Brita bringing energy. into life. That's what you'll enter your 30s with, Alyssa. <laughs> Please stop reminding me. <laughs> uh, okay. Now we've talked about the Danes, but I feel like we need to like really get into it with the Saxons now because this was our like official intro beyond just the dicks at Bebenberg. And we finally meet Alfred. And I will admit, like, I, you know, we've watched all these three seasons. I completely forgot about Alfred's brother and that he wasn't just the king at the beginning. If I'm to fall in the battles that will come, he cannot be king. You favor Alfred? I do. Even though he is often weak in body. Well, that his illness does not tie him to his bed shows the strength of my brother. Alfred is my heir. Oh, right. And right. like a uh, brother who is king right now is like so hot. <laughs> there's a there's a bushy beard. There's just like an air of like authority. I mean, I feel safe in his hands. Well, you know, I get that. But Athelred, like I, I mean, maybe. But at the same time, he left zero impression on me in the long run. So that are you telling me that red velvet robe did nothing for you? <laughs> I mean, when you compare it to, you know, Alfred's long dress when he first meets Uhtred, sure, but, you know, it's just not my thing, I guess. His, like, Alfred's, like, thin, gauze-like shirt that looked like he just stretched it, like, you know what I mean? Like, when you were an emo and you, like, stretched all your shirts so they would also kind of be dresses. Sure. Yeah, no, that's what, that's the vibe I got from Alfred. (laughs) He's just such a, I mean, talking about fuckboys, Alfred is just... 
I mean, he's introduced like telling his priest all about this, you know, servant girl that he's been humping and he should never have gotten married, which he probably shouldn't have married Aleswith, but for other reasons. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, she's just the worst. And I don't know, it was funny like watching this episode and like so many characters that become so established over time are introduced and like meeting Aleswith and Athelwald and all these, you know, Saxon lords. I'm just like, oh, all of you are just such shitheads. <laughs> they really, I mean, they really are. And I think Alfred is like, he's the worst of the bunch for me at this point. I mean, I know we're going to hate others more later. Mm. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> he's just such a pompous piece of shit. I mean, it just, he is literally whining to his priest while he's getting dressed after hooking up with this maid right. and talking about, oh, I'm such a sinner, blah, blah, blah. I should go to a monastery. I mean, like, self-reflection, dude, and and grow a pair. He if doesn't, you can't he doesn't resist really, a woman. Right. I liked I the it. moment where he, well, I didn't like it. I was annoyed, but also slightly amused at the moment where he's like, yeah, bring her into my service, but also pray for me. Like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, but I'd really like it to be sanctioned by God. So if you can make that happen for me, Bayaka, that'd be great. Exactly. It's just going to be a long journey. It's going to be a test. I'm going to fail sometimes, but I'll get it in the end. That's basically <laughs> what he was telling Bioka. Yeah, he um, is going to get it in the end. But it just at uh, the hypocrisy of it all, because I know how Alfred is and and even how he is in this episode with Uhtred, it's just I just want to stab him with something sharp in the eye. It's just so <laughs> it's... awful. You're Alfred. You are Uhtred. I hear word you are a considerable warrior. <laughs> Not been tested, Lord. Not yet. And I've been lucky. Well, luck is good. So my own warriors say. It's so awful. And I think it really like it's awful. But at the same time, like I find it so compelling. And I think they really set up the dynamic in this episode. Just in this one episode, it just basically lays out how it's going to go down for Uhtred and Alfred every time. Like, yeah, Uhtred's going to come to him extending his service and like friendship and whatever. And Alfred's going to be like, "Ugh, you can't even read whatever. You're stupid. And then Uhtred's going to tell him something that he should do. And Alfred's like, oh, that's actually really great advice. I'm going to take it. But also you're going to go to jail. Yeah, I'm going to put you in a cage and hang you over a wall. Right. Um, But thanks, bro. Thanks for, for, you know, furthering the cause, but you aren't going to get a single bit of glory or recognition. And that is basically Alfred and Uhtred in a nutshell. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, I just was like shouting at the screen this episode because I was just like, Uhtred, like people show you who they are like pretty quickly. Right. Pay attention, man. And I think, like he said, Uhtred, you know, cannot read a room. And he's, he's not good at reading people in general. I think he's blinded by his own, you know, ego and his own ambition, um, much like Alfred. And I think that's why they're drawn to each other and why they're also always kind of at odds um, at each other's throats. Because they're, they are very much alike, right. just in different ways. Alfred isn't really set up to be this great warrior by any means, but that doesn't mean that he doesn't possess a different sort of power. Like Mm -hmm. his meticulous note keeping and how he sort of uses that to scheme. Scheme sounds more menacing than it is. I would say maybe coordinate is a better word. I don't Mm -hmm. know. But he knows Alfred is always like two steps ahead and he can read a room where Uhtred can't at this point. And that's 
a really important skill to have if you're going to survive in Saxon England. Yeah, I mean, he's very organized and he has a goal in mind, um, which is more than, you know, we can say for Uhtred at this point. But Mm -hmm. I want to know, okay, so what do you think is wrong? This is something I've had a question, this question, like, you know, every season. What is wrong with Alfred? I mean, is it like IBS or is it an ulcer maybe? I don't get it. I mean, it's one of those things you just never know back then because like, I mean, it's it's something in his gut. I'm sure there's some sort of ulcer or maybe colitis. I don't know. But it's, you know, I feel like gut issues back then were like consumption in the Victorian age. Like Mm. that's just what you were going to die from. Oh, 100%. And I don't think <laughs> I don't think eating this gruel which uh, like trying to make me buy that this like whatever it is is some like delicious healthy bone broth. Nope. I'm not that delusional. It looks like baby spit up and it can't be good for you. No, <laughs> there's, there's no nutrition there. Absolutely not. It has to be more than roughage, you know. You got to be getting some vitamins. <laughs> Eat a yeah, vegetable, it's Alfred, not please. Looking good for Alfred. But it's it's weird because we have, you know, seen all seasons. So mm. it is weird to see him kind of healthy. I had I mean, the same I, like, he's thought. He's having problems, but he's he's super healthy. <laughs> right. He's vibrant and like, you know. He's on the battlefield, like right. suiting up. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> There's a big change, especially like season three, Alfred. I'm Oof. like, that because that was the last we saw. And now we're rewatching. And it's just like, it's a stark. It's a stark comparison between where he ends up and where he is now. He really, like, withers away yeah. <laughs> very quickly. Very quickly. So, yeah, so, it's rough. T- so if you have IBS, you guys, take Deal it, with it. Take care of it. Talk to a doctor or <laughs> you'll be like Alfred. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I do feel bad for Alfred in a lot of ways because he is smart. Uh, he's just... He's it's arrogant. It's thing of... He, it's the arrogance and the, the arrogance born of... of you know, being told that his religion is what's right and and what's supreme and and not being able to relate to anyone or anything else is ultimately going to be his downfall, especially in this relationship with Uhtred. Yeah. And, you know, there was there's a moment where Bayaka is like, well, yeah, spreading God's word is, of course, our mission. And I'm like, oh, yeah, because combining religion and government always goes super well. Such a smart idea. Uh, (laughs) Why haven't we thought of that before? Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, no, I loved that they had that conversation. But then it was like, but sometimes we have to set an example. And it's like, oh, okay, here's where the kill and the, you know, destroying civilizations and people. Here's where that comes in. <laughs> right. Yeah. This episode kind of ends up with, you know, Uhtred is the spy, but also Uhtred is in jail and he's missing out on the battle. And I feel like, I feel like Alfred could have used him, you know, like it was really foolish to, you know, lock him up and not see where he was ready to swing his new sword. And I think... You know, obviously, Alfred doesn't know Uhtred that well, but but we do. You know, we're mm-hmm. only two episodes in, but we we know him. And this is not something that he's going to just be like, well, cool, man, no problem. Totally understand. You don't know me. You got to vet me. Do a background check. Like, that's not how he's going to react to this. I mean, he's he's a young man. He's going to be, you know, that's an ego. That's a blow to his ego. We know that men don't like that and mm. don't respond well. Mm. So, um Yeah, I just feel like not the best foot for either of them to get off on at this point. No, it's definitely a rough beginning for this 
dynamic relationship. Little bromance. Oh, complicated. <laughs> They're frenemies. They're right. bronemies, whatever it is. Right. <laughs> bronemies. Bronemies. Bro frenemies. Listen, they just need to listen to some Avril Lavigne and ask each other why you got to make it so complicated because <laughs> it doesn't need to be like this. <laughs> that's exact. That's the record they need to listen to, Avril Lavigne. Yes, 100%. And then, and then maybe turn on some Skater Boy and just jam out together. That's always a bonding experience. It's true. Avril Lavigne heals nations. <laughs> Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe Mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Okay, so it is time for our next episode wishes. This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, what do you want to see next episode? You know, I really want to see, like, the Uhtred and Alfred dynamic continue because, you know, it's, like I said, like, we've seen how he it's going to play out so much in this episode. Like, I'm ready to let it ride. But also, I'm just, like, I'm ready for Brita to not be forced by everybody to follow someone else's plan like i'm ready for her to break away and just be like you know what screw you guys i'm gonna go be a dane because that is where my heart truly lies and you know i get it utrid's a babe we'd follow him anywhere but also there are limits to what a woman will put up with and i think brita's really reaching hers look for a woman like brita there are many fish in the sea agree um one fish in particular, mm. Ragnar the Younger. <laughs> so just go to Ireland, girl. It's a good plan. Right. One, Ireland is beautiful this time of year. So right. just, just you know, go go do your little walkabout thing by yourself. Yeah. Kind of self-reflect and it's a, some self-care that you need. But also, like, do you want to be in this village where you're having to tell priests, like, yeah, I'm a woman. I've got tits. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You right. know, like, just Ugh. her reception Compared to like Uhtred's, especially with Bioka. When when Uhtred was like, this is my best friend and Bioka's like a, a woman, woman. I was like, fuck oh. you, dude. <laughs> fuck you hard. I right. don't like that. Right. So I, I want Brita to go somewhere where she's appreciated for sure. I um, agree. I also, I want to see, for my wish for next episode, I want to see, you know, we see 
the battles mm-hmm. starting and right. um, Alfred's uh, suiting up, and I want to see him get his ass kicked like hard. Right. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I want to see him fall down on that ground. I want to see him get dirty and embarrassed. I just want <laughs> I want him to be taken down a peg the way Uhtred was this episode. Yeah. Um, because I think that's for the best. I think every man, especially, but everyone should be taken down a peg mm. uh, before they, you know, become dictators. And yeah. <laughs> get a little humility before you take over the country. Exactly. You know, <laughs> if you're going to be wearing that kind of long gown that's also kind of see-through and you're going to be whining about hooking up with maids, mm. I think you need to get a little, you know, ego check. Sure. I 100% agree. It's only fair. I also, I'm excited to see the battle itself because I think um, The Last Kingdom does a really good job of making them realistic because, you know, unlike a Game of Thrones or even a Lord of the Rings, these battles are so, like, epic and huge and heroic and, like, they're not always like that. It's basically mm-hmm. just like three or like two armies throwing each o- themselves at each other in the mud and they're all just doing the best they can to kill the other t- team. So I, I think the way that The Last Kingdom does it, it's a much more realistic look at what warfare really was for them. And I also appreciate it that it's the first time that Uhtred is trying out his let's use a hill T- battle tactic because that's basically his answer to everything moving forward is like is there a hill great let's use it yeah our little map connoisseur <laughs> he knows where all the hills are right love me a man who knows some topography you know what i mean oh my god yeah map quest that shit no i agree though i think the the last kingdom does battles really well and it you know game of thrones like did not always do that but i think in battle of the bastards that mm. was such a good episode oh, because it so was good. it just really highlighted you know the, the chaos, luck. yeah, the chaos and the luck that was involved to to stay alive in something like that, yeah. And I feel like that's the energy and the vibe that the Last Kingdom takes in all of its the big battles. So that's something to like look forward to. You know, as the season goes on, as the series goes on, they really they stick to to history and and how it really was back then as far as battles. They don't you know play it up for the camera, and I really appreciate that because it makes it feel more real. So The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets their time to shine at one point or another. Our Arsling of the Week is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Jess, who was your Arsling of the Week this week? Alyssa, you know you don't have to ask this because <laughs> this is the first time that we see him. Uh, Leo Fritz is, oh my gosh. I know, He's, I love him. Uh, what can we say about him? <laughs> I mean, he's he's rough around the edges, mm-hmm. which we like. Of course. He's got a beard. Check. Always a plus. He's got scars. Yes. Check. He's got this sassy mouth, and he likes to, you know, just square up against anyone. Right. So there's just, there's so much to love. And, you know, we don't, we see it a little bit. So so him and uh, Uhtred, Uhtred kind of, you know, peacock their way around each other. And almost get into a fight before Bioka kind of intervenes. Mm-hmm. But their bond uh, that kind of grows over season one is just, it's so, uh, it's so it's good. It's such a happy, like, it's such a little kernel of happiness in Ugh. this despair of medieval times. Right. Um, and it's so, it's very real and heartfelt, and they end up really caring about each other. I mean, they inspired the name of this podcast. 
They did. Oh, yes. We get to hear Arsling for the first time in this episode, which yes. is a real, a real plus, I think. So um, good. Moving on from Turd, so. there's going to be more than one <laughs> oh, <God>. insult. <laughs> yes. And, and of course, it's going to be Leo Fritsch that gives it to us. But yeah, that's my, of course, Arsling of the week has got to be him. You sound like a child. I'm offering you a choice. You're talking through your ass. I'm sitting on my ass. So your ass is cleverer than you. It can do two things at once. Your tongue is sharp, woman. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great one. Um, I know we've talked about her, like, for most of the episode, but 100% Brita is my arsling of the week. She really took no shit from start to finish this episode. And you know what? She literally stuck a branch up a man's ass. And while I've never done that myself, I have certainly had the desire to. So I just, I can't help but stand. She's the queen of my heart. Look, any woman that can find an inventive way to assault a man with a stick is... (laughs) Uh, worthy of praise in my book. A man who deserves it. Let's caveat that <laughs> a, a little bit. Des- well, Alyssa, no. I know. I know. I know. Do we have to? <laughs> Actually, you know what? We don't. We don't. Not I take all, it back. Uh, hashtag not all men. Oh, okay? God. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> like, we get it. You're not all the worst. Just most of you. So. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) Brita, she's the best. She's the best. I wish, I mean, as much as I love Uhtred, sometimes I'm like, man, if we were going to follow somebody directly who was affected by that fire, like, sometimes I really wish it was Brita instead. Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, so I get why we're following Uhtred because he does have this claim, and so that brings tension that Brita doesn't have. Yeah. And I think for Brita, it's very clear, it becomes very clear, you know, pretty soon this season, that where she belongs is with the Danes. Right. So there's not that, you know, conflict, that inner conflict. But, man, it would have been so cool to just get a couple, like, standalone episodes with Brita, like, figuring her way out amongst the Danes, especially when she— gets to Ragnar and and that gets going like to see how she kind of established herself because she is a woman and you know she has to she has to show some kind of grit and steel to be able to keep up with these guys yeah the rules um, are different for her you know yeah so they always are I would have loved a bottle episode with Brita maybe they'll give that to us on in season four who knows that would be awesome Get ready to shame none, the worst character of the episode with us. I always laugh at that. It's my own joke, and I feel bad. <laughs> um, but you know what? Laugh at your own jokes. Laugh at your people. own jokes if okay, they deserve find it. Find yourself funny. Yeah. Um, agreed. Okay, so it doesn't matter if you're Saxon or Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest ones of the week. Alyssa, who is your turd this week? Now, can I just say, like, every Saxon lord? Because they, <laughs> I just, like, we immediately, like, we get to Wessex. And I'm like, oh, my God. All these guys are just the worst. Like, you've got Athelwald. You've got Alfred. You've got young Otter running his mouth. I was just, like, they're, I was so annoyed by all of their snippiness and lack of action. Like, say what you will about the Danes, but they at least get some shit done. You know, if you're going to bitch and moan until the cows come home, like at least do something to back it up. And I feel like none of these Saxon douchebags are doing that. Lord. Regarding the conversion of the pagans to Christianity. Yes, Lord. How do we decide what is proper? To enlighten them or to kill them? (sighs) Spreading God's word is, of course, our mission. But I fear that the pagans, the true pagans, must first witness... Then feel his power. 
Yeah, it definitely, the Witten uh, that we were, you know, treated to definitely felt like seeing a uh, Twitter timeline come oh, to God. life. <laughs> that's a great, <laughs> that's like a great example, though, that makes total sense. Any, any of the trolling and comment sections of, you know, posts or whatever, that was what that Witten was, because it was just men trying to talk over each other, trying to criticize each other while boasting themselves. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was a lot to take. So I was like, it you is know a what? Lot. I already get enough of this on the internet. I don't <laughs> need this in a show. Right. And side note, just to like put this out there, um, the guy that plays Ada is also the guy who was the butler in The Parent Trap. And as a child of the night. Shut the front door. Yes, that is the butler. And every time he's on screen, I'm like, oh, my God, is he going to do the secret handshake with Lindsay (gasps) Lohan? It's all I can think about whenever I see him on screen. It's very distracting. Oh, my God. I would love to get him on and, like, quiz him about young Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) Just knowing everything that we know now. And just like seeing, like hearing him reflect on like working with her, I think that's just really, getting his like insight. I think that would really bum me out. Do you? I think it would like. I think it'd be so interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's probably gonna say she had so much promise. Oh, <laughs> she God. was so talented oh, as a no. young girl. Yeah, and then our hearts will just like wither and die. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Lindsay's fine. Everyone, she's doing. Is she fine? That accent is not she- fine. She is doing what she wants to do. <laughs> Look, if Madonna can do it, she can do it. Mm. <laughs> can Madonna do it? I don't know. Oh, God. Um, all right. Well, I'm my turd of the week uh, is someone we've already kind of criticized, but I'll just keep, keep kind of piling on to him because he yeah. deserves it. Alfred. It's just uh, his pious bullshit is a bit tiring, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it gets worse throughout the episode. It gets worse throughout the season. It gets worse throughout the series. And mm-hmm. as our lady Shania would say, <laughs> it don't impress me much. <laughs> and yes, I did get a Shania Twain reference in this Listen, episode. Listen, Shania, <laughs> Shania Twain's Come On Over was the first album I ever bought with my own money. So I respect that reference 100%. Oh Yes. What a throwback. Yes, 100%. And that means a lot. When you're that young and you have to save up literally every quarter. My birthday money. Yes. Oh, Going to the gosh. mall. Getting a Look CD. Look at us still talking about your birthday. Oh, God. No. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about it, Alyssa. Oh, no. It's coming I out really... subconsciously, it's, oh. as Freud would say. Right, right. I should save it for my therapist. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Why? This is free. <laughs> mm, true. <laughs> true. <laughs> This is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019. The world is on fire. Honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this week. Jessica, how do you feel about this episode? Um, This episode in general was not very sexy, but no. there was uh, one thing that made it a little bit thirsty for me mm. and that was of course Leah Fritch uh we get to to meet him we get to kind of bask in you know his give no fucks attitude which I really mm. liked he handed you know Uhtred his ass he was not impressed with him so all of that really spoke to me I I will say <laughs> though <laughs> I will say that when we met Uhtred, we got to see him shirtless, and I was kind of, I felt a little robbed mm. that I didn't get to see Leofrich shirtless. I saw Alfred shirtless, and I, I didn't mm. want to see that. So, right. 
Not the torso you want to see. Not not what I wanted to see. Yeah, I definitely agree in that it was not a sexy episode, despite a lot of sex happening. It was one mm. of those things where I was just like, you know, we talked about his we should hump line. But like, Brita was literally so ambivalent about the sex that they were having <laughs> that she came up with a plan of attack while he was still inside her. Like... Ugh. How checked out do you have to be? And that just, like, that speaks to Uhtred's skill in the moment, and it does not inspire a lot of confidence. And also, like, so they're trying to keep a low profile in this town because they're on the run, but they are literally boning so often in public places that they arouse suspicion. Like, Mm. get it together. Maybe go find a place in the woods or something, but not a bed in, like, a public common area. You know what I mean? That's not yeah. the thing they should be arousing, if you know what I, I mean. I mean, if you... Oh God. Um, the puns are strong this episode. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like if you've got a price on your head, maybe keep the horniness in check. Right. Just a, just a suggestion. People are going to yeah. notice if two hot people are getting it on in a public square. They just are. I think it brings up an interesting point of... Um, you know, obviously, Uhtred is like a ladies' man, and he's the hottie of this show, and, and we're meant to <laughs> we're meant to like fantasize about him and everything. I don't know how um, much of a Casanova he really is, though. I feel like he's mm. one of those. It's like he looks pretty, and he can say some like funny stuff, and then once he lures you in, you're like. Eh. This isn't that great. You know what I mean? I don't see Uhtred, especially at this point in his life, I don't see him as the most attentive lover. Like, it's going to be Jack Hammer and that's it. Like, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I feel like if Brita wants an orgasm, she's going to have to give it to herself. Maybe with a stick. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what do you use back then? There aren't great options. It was <laughs> it was not a sexy time, despite what it you know wasn't. a knight's tale has led us to believe. It was not a sexy time. Well, there were no Keith Ledgers walking around. So. Right, right. Only one Heath. Anyway, only one Heath. That's that's depressing. Now that we've, I know, you know what a way to like. End thir- it. I'm that's sorry. That's our thirsty corner. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey guys, sorry to let you know, uh, the star of the show, his character. Probably is not good in bed, so <laughs> maybe fantasize about someone else. Right, right. Who are you going to fantasize about? Bioka? Alfred? Oh, God, no. I can guarantee worse. you Alfred is not making anyone happy. Listen, Alfred 100% cries about sex afterwards, so I'd rather not think about <gasps> My it. My God, he probably cries while he orgasms. Oh, it's the worst thing I've ever heard. I, Let's all picture it why now. Why would you do this to me? <laughs> what have I done to anger you? <laughs> Look, you know what? You wouldn't let me talk about being 30. Mm. So, so you must punish me. Punish yeah, me in a punish different you. way. <laughs> we'll start with the punishing. Mm. Um, let's get to happier things. Yes. Let's geek out a yes. second. Because, you know, we love to do that. Love it. Uh, so, you know, it's safe to say we have never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. And, you know, we annoy our friends, we annoy our family members, and now we get to annoy you, our devoted listeners. Welcome to Geek Out, which is where we will offer up some of our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching and reading. And Alyssa, you get to geek out first this week. 
Um, well, right now, my currently my current geek out thing of the moment is I've been rereading Outlander for my book club, which makes me Ugh. just, I know, it just makes me want to rewatch Bravo. Outlander. And I will admit this, though, I've only ever read the first book. So Okay, it's a lot. It's a I, lot. I love Outlander, but the books are very dense. I know. And that's, I know. And I love reading. I mean, that's right. not to say, like, I'm like, I tore up. Like, the Harry Potter books, Lord of the Rings, like, all of that shit. And that's dense reading, too. Right. I, I could not make it through Game of Thrones. That was a little mm. too much. But He's a good storyteller, but not my favorite writer. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. But Outlander, so she's a great storyteller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it kind of borders on that Game of Thrones thing of, like, there is so, she puts so much history and stuff in there that it is, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I just, I mean, I know there's a lot of rape especially in that first season Mm. but it feels even more stark in the book and i'm just like it's so like it's such a good story and like i would die for jamie and claire but like it's a lot and so i'm curious to see if i'm gonna like keep reading the series because we're in the droughtlander right now and i'm dying Mm. for the next season but you know it's been interesting to revisit because i reread the i read the book the first time when like right before the show came out and so it's been a while and so going back and rereading it after having watched what four four seasons of the show yeah Yeah. four seasons it's a it's it's kind of interesting to go back to what their dynamic was at the beginning and uh, i just love the scott stuff in scotland the most i know and you know like i will say those first couple seasons were my favorite i mean i'm still you know i'm still still with it. it yes but yeah, there's just something, especially about that first season, ugh. that was so ugh, the passion and the tension and they're, I don't know. I I don't like ca- when they draw out slow burns so mm. much, but I I really enjoyed how they kind of kept stringing us along that first season. Their chemistry is electric. Like it's so oh, yeah. good. I can't think of any couple on television that has a better dynamic than those two. They just ugh, they're so good together. They're so good together. But anyway, and, mm. what are you geeking out about? Okay, so I am geeking out about the Dark Crystal, yes. Age of Resistance. Yes. Okay, let's talk about it. So, um, <laughs> so uh, we get some perks in this mm-hmm. job, okay? And and one of the perks is we do get to screen things, uh, screen shows and stuff, um, you know, before other people do so we can write about it. And so I've seen the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, which comes out, I think, next week. It does. I have not seen it yet, so I am very jealous. Okay, well, it, I will take that jealousy um, because it's so fucking good. Yeah. The visuals. Okay, so the people that are doing this, you know, um, are Henson approved. Uh, you know, they've worked on this story before. Um, they've consulted, like, some of the the original, like, artists and, and puppeteers. So that really shows because I think if you've seen The Dark Crystal. Yes. Um, the original film, it was so revolutionary and groundbreaking. But it, and that was, you know, how many years ago? Like, what, 20 years ago? I mean, it was, it's almost it's 30. Been around I think for it came out in like 82, maybe. So it's okay. It's, yeah. yeah. So about 30 then. Yeah. This like show kind of builds upon that. So we get to, it's a prequel to the movie. We get to see more of the world. Um, we get to meet some new characters who are like, this voice cast is so fucking it's incredible. It's so good. I, I just, the, I mean, I can't get over how many amazing, talented people they got to be on that show. 
yeah, talking about Outlander, we have Miss Balfe. She voices a character. We've got Taryn Egerton. We've got Mark Hamill. I mean, it's insane the the amount Andy of Samberg, like A-listers. Aquafina, Andy Samberg, like it's crazy. Simon Pegg. Oh my yeah. god, Aquafina. Ooh. Okay, yeah. <laughs> when you watch this and you get to like see her character, we'll talk. It's a really great story, but what I really love about it is how visual, like how visually striking it is. Because yeah. so we're still using puppets, which is like so oh, fucking so, mind blowing to I'm me. I'm so <laughs> glad they stuck with the practical effects. I, know. I it's love 2019. Effects. You would think it would be all CGI'd up, but it's not. That's so it's good. It's just enough. So like when we're doing when they're doing wide shots and we're kind of like exploring the world, we get we get some CGI, but it's so perfectly blended with like the puppetry. I can't. I mean, wait. it's it's fucking amazing. You're gonna love it. So, guys, maybe, like, watch The Dark Crystal, like, yes. this week before the show comes out just to, like, you know, revisit. It It does a lot of exposition in the first, like, episode to kind of get you into the world of Thra if you're not, you know, you've never seen the movie. So mm-hmm. you don't have to. But why would you not want to? It's so good. It's so good. And I'm going to share another dumb anecdote from my childhood because the black oh, or the dark crystal <laughs> the dark crystal like it's so good now to me as a as an adult but i saw it so it was my kindergarten graduation and Ooh. i got chicken pox because one kid still came even though he was afflicted with the pox and took out a bunch of the rest of us so i'm like home with a fever 5 years old and my dad goes to blockbuster and he brings back three films he brings back jumanji he brings back the dark crystal and he brings back the 1970s animated hobbit so i can tell so he you wanted right to now terrify you <laughs> yes i all three of those films contributed to nightmares for at least the next five years of my life. But Good I have God. returned as an adult to The Dark Crystal, and I appreciate it much more now. And I actually, this weekend, I was at a comic book shop, and I picked up a couple of volumes of this of two different series that they're doing based around The Dark Crystal. And one of them is about, like, the creation myth, and it goes into, like, who Agara is and, like, how Thra came to be. And then the other mm-hmm. one is, like, a sequel series um, about, like, Jen and Kira and how they sort of rule Thra after everything goes down in the Dark Crystal. And it's pretty dark. Like, you think that it's going to be like, oh, you know, Jen and Kira, Last of the Gelflings, they're going to be great. It gets pretty dark, and it's really good. So check those out. When you think of, like, Jim Henson or puppets, like, you think, like, that's, like, for kids, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I think... If you're going to watch it with kids, they need to be a certain age because it is – it gets into, like, some serious stuff. And not in a way that's like, I'm going to beat you over the head with this. Mm -hmm. But there are just so many points of – or, you know, when I was watching this season, this new season, where it was just like, wow, this is so fucking relevant. And what a weird thing to say about a show about puppets and, like, this (laughs) mystical land. (laughs) Yeah. So I I would say, like, maybe – you know, have an age limit with your kids of, like, who can watch and who can't. Or just be ready for night terrors. (laughs) Sure. But I think at the same time, I feel like a lot of the times we don't give kids enough credit to, like, work through these complicated themes and, like, difficult stuff. And I think maybe getting messages like that and, like, getting that through a show about puppets, it might be an easy way for them to digest it and start to, you know, affect how they see the wider world. So... Yes, you don't want your kids to have nightmares, but, you know, it can't always be Peppa Pig. You know what? Maybe nightmares are good. Maybe we should have more (laughs) nightmares as children, and then we wouldn't grow up and destroy rainforests. There you go. I think you solved it. They should have just watched The Dark Crystal as children. (laughs) Just watch The Dark Crystal, um, and, you know, maybe, like, after listening to us, go plant a fucking tree and save the planet. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Makes sense to me. All right, guys. If you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci-Fi Wire Fangirls. We've got links to everything below this episode. Okay. And until next time, destiny is all, bitches. <laughs>